Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by our good friend, Jeff Garcia, the lead Spurs writer for the Spurs Zone. And also, he goes and writes a lot of articles for News 4 San Antonio and KABB Fox 29. Jeff, thank you for joining, man, and being a guest on the Two Shots Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Joe. I'm always uh, happy to join you on Two Shots. Oh, thank you, man. It's been too long, you know. Haven't really uh, put out a, a new episode for quite some time. Been a little busy behind the scenes, but it's good to get back into the swing of things and get back at it. So without further ado, let's jump into this thing and let's talk about the NBA draft and how it's been pushed back. The NBA draft, which was originally set for October the 16th and October the 18th was going to be the start of free agency. Uh, the NBA has mm-hmm. now, you know, released a statement or, you know, I believe I saw this earlier today on social media. It says the NBA is now pushing the dates back and there's no new dates that have been determined at this time. Uh, this also means that the December 1st start date of the 2020-2021 regular season could also be pushed back per NBA commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, this is a direct quote from him. He said, December 1st, mm-hmm. now that we're working through this season, is feeling a little bit early to me. I think our number one goal is to get fans back in our arenas. My sense is in working with the player association, if we could push back even a little longer and it would increase the likelihood of having fans in the arena, that's what we would be targeting. Uh, what do you think this statement means? I mean, they haven't really said that, you know, the draft has been rescheduled, but by all intents and purposes, Jeff, they're thinking that it's still going to occur maybe sometime in the month of October, if it's not in the right. beginning part, maybe in the latter part, uh, maybe in the beginning of November. I mean, there's a lot of questions, but what does mm-hmm. this mean for NBA fans moving forward? Well, I think what it means for NBA fans is that nobody should be surprised. Nobody should be surprised that the season, uh, the things in the middle, such as the draft, free agency, et cetera, et cetera, will and was and will get pushed back more. Look, uh, the season's not over yet. I mean, the games are still going on in Orlando. Uh, some players are just barely getting back. You got a bunch of kids that are in the draft right now that maybe just need more time uh, to, you know, shore up their legs, so to speak to get ready for that draft. I think it, it's beneficial for everybody. It gives everybody more time. It impacts the Spurs in the way of, well, one, you know, maybe pushing it back will allow fans to get back into the arena. And I think that's the ultimate goal here. I think the longer they push it out, I mean, not forever, obviously, but an extra month here, or an extra month there, will just allow fans to come back in some sort of fashion, whether it be 50% capacity, uh, you know, 20% capacity, whatever. To rush into it would be, you know, kind of dumb. And Silver is not the type to make a dumb decision, especially with the pandemic still going on. So all in all, Joe, nobody's to be surprised. This was likely going to happen. And even when the bubble game started, Adam Silver did tell ESPN that, December uh, December start for the season was kind of pushing it. I mean, he felt that it was going to get delayed, and here we are. It actually happened. Joe, I don't think any of your listeners should be surprised at what is transpiring right now with the NBA. Yeah, I don't think anybody really is surprised. While they might be a little disappointed that they have to wait a little longer for the yeah. season to get started, it's expected, especially with, with what's going on right now. And, you know, they're still playing 
playoff basketball at the Orlando bubble. During this point in time, we would be talking about free agency, Jeff. You know, we would hear all these Mm -hmm. stories being spinned all over social media, all over the Internet. Rumors abounding, you know, Woj dropping Woj bombs, Sham Sharnaya dropping his his bombs as well. And everybody glued to what's going on with the free agency in the NBA. But that's not the case because we have the restart and we still haven't even gotten, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the Western Conference finals or to the NBA finals for that matter. You know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, just a quick note, though, I I believe the latest report now via ESPN is that they're looking at the draft happening in November. So this is going to happen. Um, but I think being safe is better than being sorry. Because imagine if they let fans in within the next couple of months, three to four months. You know, that, that, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's too much to be asking for. I think you're pushing it. You're putting so many people in, in danger. So yeah. taking the slow, precautious method is going to work for the league. And it sets a standard for the rest of the league. We'll see what happens with the NFL. The NFL is opening their doors. They're letting fans in. Jerry World is going to have fans. We'll yeah. see how that to happens. But of course, that's a difference. But they have capacity. That's the thing. Yeah. They have the capacity to spread people out. Oh, yeah. The AT&T Center, they don't. You know, I mean, we're going to do half lower bowl, half upper bowl, <laughs> and that's it. You know. But, uh, Joe, yeah. Not surprising that the NBA is going to delay uh, some major events down the road. But, like, it gives... DeMar DeRozan possibly more time to make a decision. It gives the Spurs um, scouts more time to evaluate the draft prospects that they'll have uh, to look at come uh, the NBA draft at the 11th pick. It gives them more time to maybe discuss things with the guys like Jakob Pertl, you know, who's a restricted free agent, and make him an offer. So I think it, it, it's good all around. Try not to see it as a negative thing. NBA will be back once the season's over. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, it's a matter of when, you know, and the good thing is, is that when it does resume, hopefully this time we'll have fans in the stands in some capacity, even if it might just be at 50 percent, maybe at 20 percent, whatever they decide is in the best interest of the fans and, of course, the players moving forward. Um, That's I think it's trending in the right direction, you know, Um, because they know Mm -hmm. the bubble does work if they have to revert to a bubble. Uh, they'll more than likely do that again. But do we really want to see a bubble play for a whole regular season? Or do we want to have the players resume play back in their arenas and with some of the fans in tow as well? I think everybody getting back to normal will will be that much better for the game itself. You know, because while we love mm-hmm. the virtual element, we're still missing that fan interaction, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you, you, you read the tea leaves. You see the league, um, you know, reaching out to fans, you know, still trying to get them involved. You have the virtual fan that are showing up to the games in Orlando and the playoffs. You know, look, they're, they're, the Spurs are still giving out Fiesta medals for the fans. You know, they still want to keep that contact with them. And I think the best way to remain in contact with them and be safe is to simply delay the start of the new season. Things will get back to normal. It's just a matter of when, Joe, and in what manner. So, all in all, Joe, Spurs fans should try to look at this as a positive way. Yeah, I agree. You know, always look for the silver lining. You know, at least things are trending in the right direction. And I just wanted to ask you one little question here. Uh, we're, we're seeing rumors abound. I'm seeing them all over the Internet right now, even on social media. I'm seeing the clickbait articles, and it's about one 
DeMar DeRozan. And the clickbait mm-hmm. articles are absolutely ridiculous. They're, they're saying Spurs that need to leave immediately. DeMar DeRozan, he needs to leave the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he's not going to be uh, able to flourish inside this type of system. They give a bunch of different scenarios. They were saying that the age of Coach Pop is a factor why he should leave. They even went as far as saying that you know, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, they put Keldon Johnson in the mix as well. That this uh, youth movement that we have going on here with San Antonio, that a lot of these younger players, they're just not ready right now. And and basically, DeMar DeRozan is wasting his time. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, yeah, this, this look, is absurd. It, it, it's the offseason. You know, these yeah. outlets are going to look for ways to get you to go to their website. And yeah, there are absurd. You know, this person's not going to trade Derek White. You know, all signs are pointing to DeMar DeRozan staying. These are just ways to get fans to go to their website. I mean, look, how many times were we talking about it, Joe, that uh, Pop was not going anywhere? I was very adamant about it. I was telling people, do not listen to this. But yet, there was a big first fan base. I was still, oh, my God, look, such and such website is reporting this. Such and such website is reporting that. When you have Popovich's home on the market since 2018, when you have Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, come out and saying there's no truth to it, and you have the fact that Popovich has pretty much established his roots in San Antonio, you put that all together, yeah, it doesn't take a genius that he wasn't going anywhere. So what you're looking at is just a bunch of out-of-town outlets not really understanding what was going on with San Antonio Spurs, especially Popovich, and trying to get you to click on some articles. Um, look, I get it. I, I understand what they're trying to do. It's it, it's a, it's a weird NBA season. They're trying to survive, but then there's trying to survive versus just putting stuff out there just to put out there for shock value. And I think that's what they're doing, Joe. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted you to clear that up for the fans and just let them know, don't click on the clickbait, man. It's just there for likes, you know, and views. <laughs> if, 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 if Joe doesn't uh, promote it, then, you know, it's clickbait. It's just clickbait. It's all fodder. So just look past it. Go for some some really good reporting you know you know where you can go your local sources are probably some of the better sources out there because they know what they're talking about when it comes to the san antonio spurs versus the national outlets that really don't have people in tight with the san antonio spurs Mm -hmm. so it's better just to look at reputable uh, sources when you're looking for your spurs content and one of those is you jeff garcia so they can go ahead and check out what you guys got going on over at the spurs zone right jeff that's right. News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Everything under the sun for your San Antonio Spurs, even in the offseason from the latest Fiesta Spurs 2020 medals. Go check them out. They're there to the latest Lockdown Spurs where Joe uh, was a guest on uh, discussing Yaka Perto and some news and notes, even to what uh, the Austin Spurs, what they're up to as far as doing their part to raise awareness for suicide prevention. It's all there at the Spurs Zone. Yeah, so I wanted to go ahead and address the issue now that we have, or not issue, it's more of a rumor. Pacers are rumored to be interested in interviewing some San Antonio Spurs assistant coaches in one Becky Hammond and Will Hardy. Uh, Becky Hammond is a six-time WNBA All-Star before she joined uh, the Spurs staff in 2014. And currently right now, she is the first woman in the NBA in NBA history to be hired as a full-time assistant coach, which she broke barriers. And she is currently the top assistant on the Spurs staff under one head coach, Greg Popovich. Uh, So 
what do you think about this? You know, we we keep hearing these names come up again and yeah. again and again, Jeff. Becky Hammond, Will Hardy, you know, and they this isn't the first time. You know, we also heard them being in contention or being considered for the New York Knicks uh, vacancy at, mm-hmm. that, at, at that point in time when there was a vacancy. But now other teams, you know, like the Pacers are – are probably going to ask for permission to, hey, can we interview Will Hardy? Can we interview Becky Hammond? What does this say about both both these assistant coaches? Well, let's start off with uh, Hammond. I, I, this should not be a surprise to anybody. You know, she was courted by the Bucks in 2018 for their head coaching spot. She's been courted by two other college uh, basketball programs as uh, you know, hopefully be their uh, head coach. And I think what it tells you is that she's ready. You look at the list of reported names that the Pacers are looking at, you know, Hammond, Hardy, uh, I believe there's other uh, notable head coaches that are looking for jobs. She's lumped in there. That should tell you a lot. This is not like a one-off thing, like, yeah, we're going to talk to her. No, no, no. She is part of an entire pool of candidates, and the, those candidates are some top-heavy names. So this is this is a great thing for her. Uh, she's pretty much going to get a head coaching job sooner than later, whether it be in San Antonio or with the Pacers or with the Pelicans or with uh, whatever coaching vacancies out there that, you know, reports are going to come out that she is a part of their candidate pool. Joe, you know, as far as the college end, you know, she had two college um, programs seek her out, her old alma mater in Colorado, and then uh, a university in Florida. I forget what it is right now. But my point is that she turned them down because she's been on record saying that, no, she wants the big time. She wants the big show, which is the NBA. She has the chops. She commands the respect of players right now. She commands the respect of the young uh, uh, crew. Um, she's going to get it, Joe. Uh, but at the rate of Popovich right now and seemingly not ready to step away, if she gets an offer, just to pretend the Pacers give her the job, I would not blame her if she takes it. Yeah, I wouldn't blame her either. But some of the other names that had come up that that were out there or thrown out there were Dan Craig of the Heat. Uh, you had Pat mm-hmm. Delaney of the Magic, uh, Darvin Ham of the Bucks, Will Hardy, Spurs, of course, Charles Lee from mm-hmm. the Bucks, Jamal Mosley of the Mavericks, Chris Quinn from the Heat. Steven Silas of the Mavericks, Nathan Tibbetts of the Trailblazers, and our very own Ume Doka, who is now with the 76ers. Yeah. And you can include David Van- Vanterpool of the Timberwolves uh, at, mm-hmm. on that list as well as, you know, I guess the, the Pacers asking permission from this respective uh, teams to yeah. go ahead and interview uh, said assistant coaches. So that's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and then put Becky Hammond's name in there as well. So you have a list of at least three uh, you know, two of them being current Spurs NBA assistant coaches and one being a former uh, who was with the Spurs for quite some time in Ume Doka, you know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, the Spurs coaching tree will get bigger, whether that be Hammond or Will Hardy. It's going to spread out more. And you're looking at even Jacques Vaughn. He's the first assistant coach on the Nets bench now that they brought in Steve Nash. So, it's looking good. It's looking great for the Spurs uh, as far as their um, their fingers or the tentacles throughout the NBA, and it's just a testament to the Spurs and their organization. But let's not forget about Hardy, though. This is the second time that his name is brought up in head coaching searches. You know, there was for the Knicks. Remember, this, the Knicks got permission from the Spurs to interview him, and there were reports out there that he did a strong showing. 
So, and now his name comes up again uh, for another head coaching job. Uh, you know, I think his time is still further away out. I, I, I think if he moves to that first assistant chair, let's pretend that back leagues, um, then I think he needs that experience right now. But again, just another nod to the Spurs organization and they're um, pretty much winning formula, Joe. Yeah, you know, and not, let's not just forget, too, that just up the road here that we have the Oklahoma City Thunder that, you know, went and parted ways with one Billy Donovan. Yeah. So there could be another vacancy there, you know, and they could come calling for both Becky, Coach Becky and Will Hardy. Wouldn't that be something if, they want, yeah, if OKC winds up getting Becky Hammond? <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, but look, you know, as much as it would, you know, suck if she left, but you can't blame her because. Well, look at other past Spurs assistant coaches that felt that their time was ready. Look at uh, Tori Messina. You know, he came as an assistant coach, and he ended up uh, leaving San Antonio to take a head coaching job overseas. Look at Aime Yudoka. You know, he left to be part of the Sixers uh, staff. Look at James Borrego, you know, left the Spurs to get a head coaching job with the Hornets. The list goes on and on, Joe. So nobody should be surprised if, um, Becky does opt to take any job offer if it's a good one. And on all the vacant uh, coaching spots are great. Indiana, fine. Oklahoma, fine. With all their draft picks they're going to have. Uh, yeah. What's another one? Uh, Pelicans. New we can't forget uh, yeah, the Pelicans yeah. either, you know? The, the Pelicans. Yeah, it's win, 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 no matter what NBA coach gets one of those vacant jobs. And even Chicago. Chicago, you know, they, they got some young talent there. All in all, I think Becky will be fine, whether it be in San Antonio, eventually when Pop decides to hang it up, or if she decides that her time is now and takes one of these vacant head coaching jobs. Yeah, I'm kind of with the latter. I think she's really feeling that her time is now. I don't know, like you stated, that she'd want to wait around another couple of years, you know, for a uh, yeah. head coaching vacancy to be available here with the San Antonio Spurs. And I don't think we're ready to let go of Coach Pop you know, either as, mm -hmm. as fans. Uh, so if the, if something does come up, you know, that's really, I guess, fits with what she wants to do, her vision, I, I believe she'll go ahead and pull the trigger and, you know, become the first female uh, head coach mm -hmm. in the NBA, you know, still being a pioneer trailblazer in that regard. So she's still going to be uh, making history, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she will. And look, she's already been a head coach in the NBA. If you really want to be technical about it, she was a head coach for a scrimmage bubble game. The first one against the Bucks, uh, when the Spurs had their tune-up games in Orlando. And she was a head coach in the summer league in 2018, I believe. So uh, for the first summer league squad. So, Hey, you know, she's already been there, done that. Now it's just a matter of making it being official, Joe. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and move on here and, you know, wish Becky Hammond, the best as well as well as Will Hardy if they in fact decide to leave. But I do hope they wind up staying on for another season, you know, and, and work with these young players that we have here with the San Antonio Spurs. I think the future is bright for this team. Uh, as, as I've stated before, we just need to learn a little bit of patience. While it was frustrating, future's bright with the right assistant coaches in the mix to really, you know, work with these young, the young talent that we have here. So we got that to look forward mm -hmm. to for next season, Jeff. So. Moving yep. on, let's go ahead and congratulate one Derek White as he just proposed to his longtime girlfriend, Hannah Schreidner, uh, via, you know, she posted it yes. via Instagram. And 
she shared the moment, you know, on her Instagram. And I heard this through you, you know, Jeff Garcia of News 4 San Antonio. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to invite the fans to go to, you know, Spur, the Spurs Zone to see the full story that you have currently yeah. up. But what else can you tell us about this? Well, I, the uh, pair, they've been, uh, they're pretty much a college sweethearts. Um, and they've been uh, together since their Colorado days. And, uh, I, you know, you know, I don't know Derek personally, but what I can tell, you know, very soft-spoken, you know, to himself. He doesn't really share too much of his uh, private life on social media. But uh, even this one, he didn't he didn't share it. It was his uh, well, now fiancé who um, broke the news to everybody. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. You know, he's feeling like he's already, you know, making a name for himself in the league, you know, financially secure, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, this, this is kind of a no-brainer for Derek. Uh, she's been with him. Uh, for the long haul, and he joins even Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks um, recently got engaged to his college sweetheart as well. So all these young Spurs are getting hitched, Joe. Yeah, it seems like it, you know. Even Bellinelli got engaged. <laughs> oh, Bellinelli. I, I hope he doesn't yeah. block his fiance. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. It's a rite of passage as a Spurs fan. You know, I got blocked for no reason, just guilty by association. You know, that was actually complimenting Marco Beninelli and mm -hmm. a fan uh, said some unkind things about him in a tweet that I had put out. And yeah. I was guilty by association. Next thing I knew, he had blocked me. So I congratulate Marco. I am I'm, I'm a classy Spurs fan, so I do congratulate him. But if he can unblock me, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to happen, Joe. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But let's go ahead and move on here and let's talk about. DeMar DeRozan. You know, DeMar DeRozan has a new Kobe Proto PE. Um, it looks like it's not just, you know, PJ Tucker who will, uh, you know, yeah. be releasing this Nike uh, Kobe 5 Proto PE dropping later this month. Uh, our very own, you know, DeMar DeRozan will be releasing mm -hmm. the zebra colorway, which he wore earlier zebra, in the yeah. season. You know, the style features the Spurs team colors as far as the white, mm -hmm. the black, the gray. Yeah with the zebra-inspired stri uh, stripes covering the quarter panels and also the, the, the toe box of, of the respective shoe. Uh, Nike has not released an official release date, but the Kobe Proto PE is currently slated uh, by a lot of reputable uh, websites out there that sell these mm -hmm. kicks. It's slated to be launched on September 18th, and it expect it's expected to retail for about $180. I also heard this through you, Jeff, so i got to give you credit for this one. And they can go to Spurs Zone again because you have the full article up there in regards to this player edition, uh, you know, kick that's going to be dropping by, mm -hmm. you know, DeMar DeRozan. So what can you tell us about this, man? Well, he's a big time fan of that line, that that uh, that Kobe uh, Proto line. He, as you mentioned, he wore them. Well, it's this latest edition of it in the bubble. But he's also been wearing that line throughout uh, seasons past and even the season before the pandemic. Different uh, different colorways, different looks. They have uh, Kobe Bryant's signature on the heel, and the reason why he's such a fan of it is because he grew up a Kobe Bryant fan, and even until uh, Kobe passed away, you know, even in his playing days that he's now a pro like Kobe was, uh, he still, uh, you know, just adored and uh, cherished Kobe so much, and that's why he wears them. But, you know, you look around the league, DeMar DeRozan is one of the better-known players having some great sneakers, at least in his collection. So I wasn't too surprised that Nike decided to give him that 
I guess that piece of that line, which is the proto five uh, Kobe's, uh, for him to represent because he's a big fan of Kobe and because he, you know, wears them so much. So um, it's, it's a nice shoe. It's very standard. There's nothing too flashy about it. But if you want to see some of his flashy shoes that he's worn in that line, go look at the photos at the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio dot com, Joe. Yeah, so make sure you definitely go and check that out over at SpursZone.com. Uh, and so you can see the rest of those pictures. But, you know, another Spur who's been kind of a sneakerhead is has been LaMarcus Aldridge, Jeff. He even built a a little house behind his own home uh, to just house yeah. his massive sneaker collection, you know, or his kicks collection. Uh, I haven't really heard. Imagine of... having that problem. Imagine having that problem. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the amount of money that he spent on shoes? You know, and not only that, but to have that that little building put up to house everything. I mean, that's that's a serious collector, Jeff. I got to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I think you 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 put DeRozan, Lamarcus Aldridge, P.J. Tucker, uh, so many other guys in the league are just fans of shoes and uh, sneakers, and can't blame them. Some of these are really really nice. I mean, look at Dejounte Murray uh, with New Balance. You know, his line of shoes. You know that coveted Fiesta color shoe that was that I'm told will be released one day soon. Uh, New Balance keeps me in the loop about that specific shoe. And would you buy that shoe me, and wear it, Jeff, if if it was available? Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I would. I would. I would definitely wear it at press row or um, you know media session stuff, something like that. I think they're nice. Uh, they uh, they I have I actually own a pair of his uh, New Balance line, uh, Dejounte. That is very comfortable, very nice, very lightweight. So, uh, all in all, you know, Spurs fans, you know, they got themselves a set of young guys that love sneakers, and that's one thing fans love to do is sneaker watch during games, Joe. Yeah, you know, I think that's a a segment that the San Antonio Spurs should roll out here and actually talk to these younger players and, and let them let them show us their their sneaker collection. You know, what kind of kicks mm-hmm. are you all rocking? Let's see your your collection. You know, talk to us about them. Why do you wear this certain, sh- you know, shoe, what, what, what calls, what called out to you? You know, I would like to see the mm-hmm. different styles and stuff that they have, you know, in, in their collections. And I, I think that's something that everybody's interested in. I think they should do a segment on that. Or maybe you, Jeff Garcia, you know, can talk <laughs> to some of the agents and do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, that's, I never thought of that. You know, maybe I should reach out to you, a couple of people that I know, but no, I mean, I think it's fun too, you know, and another way to connect the fans to the players, because, you know, fans do like sneakers and, you know, whether it be DeMars or DeJounte's or um, I think who else has a signature shoe on the, I think Patty Mills with Under Armour. I think he has a shoe with them. I'm not too sure about that. I'm pretty sure the good listeners will correct me, but they, uh, yeah, first fans, they love their sneakers. And I just, and I mean, I used to be a sneakerhead, Joe, back in my younger days. Can, yeah. can I try it? Now I'm like, whatever works and whatever's cheap, I'll go with that. You want some pro wings from, from Payless, Jeff? <laughs> I, I, I'll take them. I'll, hey, if they're free and they look okay and they're decent, I'll take them. Well, they do have a resurgence. Payless is coming back, man, so you might get your wish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I walking to Payless and being like, it's not that bad in here. It's pretty cool. And they have some decent-looking uh, shoes. Yeah, it's all fun and games until you get to the court and then your shoe just rips apart, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, I don't play basketball anymore like I used to younger, but so yeah. now I just wear them just, just to save some money, Joe. Yeah, well, there you go, man. 
Well, I wanted to ask you one more thing before we go ahead and bring this yeah, sure. episode to a to a close here. You're really big into covering the esports scene, you know? Yes, I am, yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to bring to light here is that Texas had a, a great showing by one of our very own, you know? You were saying, you were telling me, and you had put it yes, out there on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, what news can you tell us about the esports arena? Yeah, well, the NBA 2K League uh, completed their season, uh, which would be season three, recently, and uh, the uh, Wizards District Gaming, they are the newly minted uh, NBA 2K League champs, and their finals MVP was a guy from Palmer, Texas, and Palmer, Texas, for those who don't know, is kind of sort of near Dallas. Uh, I've had, and his name is Ryan Conger. and I've had the pleasure to meet him several times uh, in season two. Uh, interviewed him quite a bit in season two, back when we were allowed to go to the arena, and not, not this season. This season was purely remote. But when I got in word that he won the finals MVP, he is a champion. Um, you know, hey, I was like, thinking about this. Hey, you know, Texas has a champion now, and you know, real humble kid. You know, he he gave it all. You know, he, I think he was averaging like twenty something points per game. Uh, the Wizard District Gaming were down 0-1 to start the series against Warriors Gaming. And but he let them back. He let the comeback. He came back from an 0-1 deficit to win the title. So congratulations to Ryan Calmer, a, a native Texan, is a champ. Uh, Joe. Yeah, congratulations to the kid. You know, and, uh, like you stated, he's representing Texas and he's very humble. So make sure you definitely go yeah. and give him a congratulatory, you know, tweet or something out there. And also, you know, yeah. ma- make sure that you follow Jeff because Jeff. He releases a lot of great content when it comes to the realm of esports, and he has, mm-hmm. you know, the inside scoop when it comes to talking with the players and talking with the respective teams. So you do a lot of great mm-hmm. work. So you, they definitely need to go and follow everything you're doing as far as your esports content. Yeah, and as far as esports is concerned, with San Antonio, it is on the rise. I've been noticing that uh, university, like Samir's University, they have a esports program yeah. now. There's um. There's an esports arena being built on the south side where Old Kelly Air Force Base used to be. Yeah, by City Joe, Base. Correct me wrong. Thank yeah. you, City Base. I'm sorry, City Base. Um, there's also um, uh, Play NACL, which is a collegiate league. League. Um, they got a few Texans that are participating in that league. I actually had the the pleasure to uh, color, uh, be a color and an analyst for one of the uh, tournaments for Play NACL. Fun times. And and I get it. Fans may think like, hey, you know, it's, it's video games. No, I mean, this is truly a competitive sport. And esports are on the rise, Joe. So I try to jump on it early. And I did. Thank goodness I jumped on esports early because now it's rising fast. And unfortunately, the San Antonio Spurs do not have an NBA 2K League franchise. But, you know, the offseason has begun. For the 2K League, maybe, just maybe, we'll find out soon if the Spurs are going to do it or not. I think the Spurs are like one of six. I mean, let me do them right now. It's Spurs do not have a franchise, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, the Bulls, and the Clippers. I think that's it. Uh, there, there's like six teams in the NBA do, that do not have an affiliate. Hopefully yep. one day, Joe, we'll see that happen. It's fun. They're fun. They're fun games. Um, real competitive. There's a lot of trash talking. A lot of uh, strategy goes into it. A lot of game planning. I mean, they do tons of game planning uh, each game. Uh, fun times. For those of you who are into esports, definitely check out the NBA 2K League. And like you mentioned, you know, 
follow me on uh, News Force San Antonio for some interviews. Yeah, and you know, I also had heard, I saw an article, um, I believe it was on KSAT, of all places, um, and they had did an interview with a, a high school teacher, and now high schools here in the local San Antonio area are, are actually getting geared up to, to have esports teams represent the high mm-hmm. schools. So I'm like, wow, it's trickling down all the way to the high school level where they're they're really going to have these kids competing at a high level early on, you know? So that means when they graduate, you know, from high school, they could just make that leap and go pro, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, think about it. The NBA 2K League is a professional league, and there's other professional leagues out there that are not affiliated with the NBA. Um, there's uh, Fortnite leagues. There's um, Overwatch leagues. By the way, if you have a chance to watch an Overwatch League game, basically it's just a third-person shooter. For those that don't know, basically you see your character in front of you and you just guide them through a maze. Um, they're fun, and they're really, really fun. Uh, you should definitely go check it out. You just YouTube it. Just put Overwatch League games and match. And, ooh, they, those kids got some skill. Even in my best days back when I was younger, Joe, there was no way I could compete with these kids. Yeah, there's no way I could compete with these kids now. I played with my son. Yeah who really loves Overwatch, you know, and Call of Duty and all that. Yeah. And, man, these little kids, man, they just, they're on another level, dude. That's all they do all day. They are. You know? It's they like, are. Go outside and play some real sports. <laughs> well, you, you know, you, I, I, know when, I know when I'm getting old already when I, my, my console gaming years are done. You know, I don't, I don't have an Xbox. I don't have a PlayStation. But I'm on Stadia. So that should tell you a lot right there um, <laughs> that, you know, I'm like, okay, that worked. That's good enough. You know, it was something to stay, at least keep my fingers on the pulse of gaming. Uh, so um, for those who don't know, Sadia is basically, I think that's the Google. Um, the Google online, online service. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I do some some gaming sometimes. At least I try once a week. Uh, there you go, man. Just, uh, get my thing. But, um, but yeah, uh, definitely esports is on the rise, Joe, and I'm glad I jumped on it when I did. About yeah. a year ago. So. Yeah, I'm glad you jumped on it too because we all yeah. we kind of saw that this this was coming, you know, and it's here and it's not going anywhere. In fact, yeah. it's just getting bigger and bigger every year, you know. So, mm-hmm. and with the advent of technology pushing things forward, I believe we're gonna see a lot more uh, of esports come to light. It's it's gonna it's already on, you know, the four letter networks and on TV and everything, mm-hmm. but. As the technology gets better and better and better, uh, it's going to be more integrated in what uh, kind of content is going to be delivered to the masses, you know, uh, when it comes to online streaming uh, as far as television goes. So we also have the resurgence now of 1G4 uh, TV coming back. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. You know, it it didn't work before. But now, Jeff, with the advent of esports, you know, and, and video games in general and pop culture, uh, being at the mm-hmm. forefront, I think this is something that will actually work. You know, yeah, I think it will. You know, G Four is coming back, Attack of the Show, a very classic '90s uh, video game. Uh, well, not video game; it was video games, movies, pop culture, everything. Uh, it was a great show. I'm glad it's back, and it's coming at a good time with everybody back and pretty much still staying at home because of the coronavirus. The um, for cons, you know, like your New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, they're going virtual. And Hasbro, you know, the toy maker, they're having a virtual con. And by the way, for those of y'all who've never done a virtual con, I've done several already. And if you want to get an exclusive, get ready to throw your computer out the window because it is <laughs> the worst thing you'll ever go through. 
if you see something there that's only going to be sold at the New York Comic Con and you want to get it, prepare. Just go in there thinking you're going to not get it because everybody goes to the website and they crash it. But, you know, I got to give uh, credit to the DC fandom. They did a tremendous job for their yeah. Uh, and they got part two online. of that event coming up this weekend God, as well. Part one was incredible, and part two is coming up this weekend. I think I'm, I've been more excited for part two than I was part one, because part two, you actually become an avatar, and you can walk. Oh, on. yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. You can actually walk around, and it's like yeah. a three-dimensional world. So yeah. I want to see what that's like, you know? Yeah, I think that that's going to be great. And, uh, again, if you're going to go for exclusive like I usually do, good luck. Just try, try again. Don't give up. But you're, you know, again, just go on YouTube and type in San Diego Comic-Con fail. Just put those <laughs> keywords in and you'll see so many videos about people, you know, upset and cursing and cussing left and right about how bad it was. I was fortunate enough to get a couple of things, you know, from I got the um, exclusive San Diego Comic-Con Predator uh, figure. It's beautiful. Nice. It's, it's beautiful. It's stunning. But uh, the San Diego Comic-Con pops um, were a fail. I got a couple of them. The uh, Star Wars Celebration Virtual Con was another fail. But I got a few. I got a couple. So yeah. If somebody wants to get Jeff, uh, you know, a, yeah. a Ray, you know, a Funko Pop or oh, no, Jeff, Kylo Ren, make sure you give him, you send him no, one. No, 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 no. And, and you know, that... I, can you believe it? We almost had Ray Kenobi. You know how yeah. perfect that would have been? How that would have saved the entire trilogy? Yeah, we're going to have to do a nerd uh, podcast with everybody in here because we can just go on and on about all this stuff because we go oh, long yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I'm going to have to it, bring it this. Baffle, it, yeah. it baffles me that there's people out there that defend this recent trilogy. Oh, man. Like, yeah. We know it was a you-know-what show. They know. They know. But we're going to have to go ahead and bring this episode to a close because uh, we're short on time here. Uh, but, Jeff, before we go ahead and bring this episode of the Two Shots podcast to a close here, uh, where can the people follow you and all the great content that you crank out for the Spurs Zone? Yeah. Yeah, it may be the off season, but, uh, you know, I try to provide some something new each day. So uh, to see what's new and what's cooking, you go to Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29 San com. The Spurs Zone. And I don't know when you're releasing this episode, Joe, but for those of you are listening in right now, uh, I recently um, spoke with uh, Keldon Johnson's new agent. It's nothing bad. Don't think anything's wrong with his former agent. Uh, just a quick sneak peek. Basically what it was is somebody within the agency, just they just got promoted. And the person that was representing Keldon Johnson got a promotion. So somebody, you know, they're just moving up the ladder. That's all it was. So... I was able to talk with his new agent about his new role with Keldon, some insight about Keldon and, you know, how he approaches the game and so much more. You can find that again at the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Even if you have a smart speaker, you can just say play Lockdown Spurs and it will play. And Joe is a frequent guest there. So go check it out, everybody. Yeah. So definitely make sure you go and subscribe to the Lockdown Spurs podcast and go follow Jeff. As he stated on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And you can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast, and it's all spelled out T W O S H O T S Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, we do have a YouTube channel where we go ahead and put out, you know, some great content out there. So make sure you subscribe and you go follow us. So, but that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. 
And for Jeff Garcia, I'm Joe Garcia. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.